Intentionally Grounded. I am your host, Brian Willie, along with my co-host, John Kesselring. Episode 91 features former Minnesota Golden Gopher, Casey O'Brien. Casey reflects upon his journey as a collegiate football player and reflects also with us on the lessons he learned through his multiple battles with cancer. Casey also discusses what his future plans hold in place and shares a motivational message for listeners of all ages to take with them in whatever their endeavors may be. Season 4, Episode 13 of Intentionally Grounded with Casey O'Brien starts now. We're joined today by former Minnesota Golden Gopher Casey O'Brien. Casey, introduce yourself to our audience. Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Casey O'Brien. I recent graduate from the Carlson School at the University of Minnesota. I played four years for the Golden Gopher football team. I was a walk-on placeholder and a five-time cancer survivor. Now, Casey, when you look back at your your career as a football player, who have been some of the biggest influences throughout your career? You know, I would tell you that number one, obviously Coach Fleck had a big influence on my career, um, just being my head coach and really the only coach in the country that really recruited me at all and um, gave me a chance to play. So he had a big influence on my career. But another name that had a big influence on my career was Kyle Rudolph. Um, he was a, a local guy who played for the Vikings, played tight end for the Vikings. And um, I watched everything that he did in the community and the impact that he had at the hospital. And that was one of the, one of the people who really, really motivated me to, to go make a difference in our local community. Now, as you kind of mentioned before, you are a, a cancer survivor, and unfortunately, that did take a toll on your probably prospects as a, as a football player and your football career in general. Um, but for those who are unfamiliar with your story, how did your first diagnosis with cancer present itself? And talk us through what was going through your mind as you hear this news and, and you're dealing with it at such a young age. Yeah, so I grew up... Uh playing about every sport that I could play you know I was I was just loved to play and loved to compete in, in whatever was possible you know football hockey baseball lacrosse played it all and in my freshman year of high school I was playing quarterback for our freshman football team and uh, as the season went on when I was dropping back the pass the inside of my left knee kind of started to hurt and it, it kept on getting worse and worse to the point where you know I was going to school and I was going to attending school on crutches the entire day crutching around as a freshman in high school would set my crutches on the fence for practice practice the whole night and then pick up my crutches after practice and crutch around the rest of the night because I couldn't put any weight on it and at that point my parents were like this is ridiculous we need to go get in and see a specialist and so I ended up having a couple different uh, MRIs on it and they found a, a tumor the size of a softball on the inside of my left knee and uh, obviously I had no idea what that meant at the time. So the first question I asked was, uh, when can I get back to hockey tryouts? Because at this point, uh, well, I was trying out for the high school hockey team and wanted to figure out when I could get back to tryouts. And the doctors looked at me and said, right now we're just trying to save your leg from being amputated. So that was when it really hit me as this was going to be an uphill battle. Oh. As you're kind of reevaluating, you know, where you're at in your career at that point in time and evaluating what's important in your life, how are you able to compartmentalize, like, obviously the battle you have in front of you, but also those goals that any high school kid would have to, like you said, make the hockey team or you'll be the starting quarterback on your football team? Yeah, you know, it was it was really hard those first 
probably two or three months, you know, that was, that might've been the most that I cried in my eight years of, of going through cancer, just because I was so upset that, you know, the thing I, I remember saying to my parents as a 13 year old is that I'm never going to play because my parents were like, you can still play golf. You can still do these different sports that, that are non-contact. And the biggest thing I kept saying to them is that I'm never going to play in front of a crowd. I'm never going to play in front of a crowd again. And that was a big thing for me is playing varsity sports in front of your high school fans. And so that was one of the hardest things for me. But at the same time, I had to realize, hey, it's just sports and I got to make sure that I can live through this thing first and we'll figure that stuff out on, on the other half. Now, despite, you know, defeating cancer several times, the condition has continued to reappear in your life. Um, but from a mental standpoint, what kind of a toll does beating cancer have? And then once it reappears several times, what kind of a toll does that have on your mind in terms of maybe your outlook and in terms of how you're going to fight it, or maybe in terms of just simply how you view the disease itself? Yeah, I mean, I would tell you that um, it's had a positive and a negative kind of toll, I would say. Uh, on the positive side, you know, I've been through it five different times. So, you know, every time that it comes up now, it's just like, hey, the, just tell me what I got to do. I've, I've done this five times before. Is it chemo? Is it a surgery? Whatever it is, it's something I've seen before. So nothing really catches me too off guard there. But on the flip side of that, you know, I'm a year cancer free right now. And I got scans next month and I got no idea what's going to come out of them. Because, you know, I've had I've been two years cancer free at one point and had to come back. So, you know, I, I don't know what, how far out I'm going to need to get to where I really feel safe, but I definitely don't feel comfortable right now for sure. Now, living in that state of uncomfortability, what does that really do to you in terms of how you prepare for your life or maybe how you prepare for your health? Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest thing I'll tell you is that I am very proactive in, in doing things and, and learning as much as I can about how I can put myself in the best chance, give myself the best chance. So I, I'm very, very conscious of my diet. Um, I've done a ton of reading and research on that. And then also uh, done a lot of work on, on how I can maximize sleep and, and get a bunch of sleep because I've read and learned about, you know, how much good sleep can affect your body's immune system. Um, and things like that where, you know, things that are in my control, that'll give me a better chance. Uh, those are things that I, I take a lot of uh, pride and importance in my life right now. If there's one lesson that cancer has taught you, or if there's one lesson you would want your experience with cancer to teach others, what would that be? Uh, the biggest thing I would tell you is don't sweat the small stuff. You know, there's, there's so many different things that that can happen in your life every single day you know something crazy could happen and could be gone tomorrow and I, I've learned that so the biggest thing I try to realize is that you know life's supposed to be fun and you got a lot of people around you that love you and care about you so enjoy that time with them and don't don't worry about the little stuff that you're caught up on now October 19th 2019 is obviously a very special date I'm sure it holds a lot of meaning to you um, in large part because that's when you made your big 10 debut on the road versus Rutgers and walk us through what that experience had to be like for you in terms of all that you had to endure um, in terms of you know making your debut on a big stage in the big 10 football game walk us through what that experience had to be like for you yeah I mean it's it's I still get chills thinking about it today but you know it was it was such a long time coming you know, going through, I mean, I've, I've been battling cancer since I was 13 years old. So at that point, it was seven years of going through the stuff. And, 
you know, never knowing if uh, what I was, you know, going through was ever going to lead to to something special like that moment. You know, I always kind of hoped that I would, I would get in and I would play, but nothing was ever promised to me. And, um, you know, it was up to those coaches at the U of M that uh, they had to feel comfortable putting me in a game that I was prepared enough and was, was ready to play at that level because if something, something happened and I drop a snap, I'm liable to get hit and everything like that. So um, it was such a long time coming and a lot of hard work put into it. And um, it was really cool to share that moment with, you know, my, my teammates and family, my mom and dad flew out there for the game. And, um, you know, it, it was a special night and it was really cool to see the impact it had on honestly the country. It had a cool impact on the country and the world of cancer. So pretty proud of that day. Well, just from watching on the outside, whether you're just a casual fan or, or no, a lifelong Minnesota Gopher fan, you could tell how much that not only meant to you, but also how much it meant to Coach Fleck to get that opportunity to, to reward you for all your hard work and all your efforts to the team. What's that relationship been like? For, you know, you've mentioned, you know, Coach Fleck has a huge impact on your life. What has his mentorship really meant to you um, in your playing career? Yeah, you know, something that I really enjoy about being around Coach Fleck is that he doesn't have very many bad days. And so him and I are very similar in that. And, uh, yeah, we try to find the positive in every situation. And, you know, when you're, when you're a positive person, you want to surround yourself with people like yourself. And so I think that him and I really matched and, and gelled well in that. But also, you know, we, we become friends uh, on a personal level due to the fact that, you know, every three months I go in for these scans and he always wanted me to call him right after I found out whether it was good news or whether it was bad news. And so, um, you know, I had a lot of happy phone calls with him where we were both really celebrating. And then there was two or three times where I called him and I was in tears telling him that, hey, they come back. And, you know, he always talked me through it and said that, you know, he was going to have my back and the team was going to have my back. And they always did. So, you know, he, he's got a, a special place in my heart as well. Now, you stepped away from football and you retired with, as your collegiate career came to an end. Uh, what's it been like for you since now football is really not I mean, it still has an impact in your life, but it's really not that day-to-day um, filler, I guess you could say, that it would have been as part of your life for many years prior. What's it been like since football's been away from you for a little while now? Yeah, it's definitely been a transition. Um, you know, it's it's kind of, it's different. I would tell you it's different. You know, I, I've been playing football since I was a kindergartner. So this is the first fall that I'll have without, you know, playing football in general. And so, I've, I've, you know, found different ways to, to fill my time. Um, obviously still very big into, uh, you know, my personal physical fitness. So still, you know, lifting five, six days a week and everything like that. But I've also taken on, taken on a project with the hospital where I'm looking to raise a million dollars for the Masonic Children's Hospital where I was treated at. So, you know, still, still have long days, but, um, you know, just doing different things during those days as opposed to, you know, mainly focused on school and football. And as you look and reflect back on your playing career, and we can say this all the way down from the youth level, um, all the way through your collegiate career as well. If you had to summarize your experience or legacy in one word, how would you like to have it summarized? One word. You know, I think that one word to describe my career would be, you know, overachiever. Uh, I think that I, I overachieved um, from a young age. I was, I was never really the most, physically talented or gifted, but, you know, found a way to, to always play. You know, I was found a way on the field because I was, I was a tough kid and I was going to work hard and 
I was going to throw my body on the line. And then, you know, when I get to the, the cancer diagnosis and everything like that, you know, everybody said it was over and everybody thought that I was done playing football. And, you know, I didn't want to hear that. And I feel like I, I kind of overachieved for someone going through cancer and kind of felt like the same way through college. You know, everyone was like, Oh, he's on the team. That's really cool. And found a way out to get on the field in college as well. So that's kind of the one word that I feel like could, could describe my career. Now, since your football career, like you said, is, is behind you, have you ever thought to yourself, I want to give back to the game in another way, or I want to get back in maybe in coaching? Do you have any prospects or any feelings about getting back into the game in any time in the future? Yeah, it's, it's uh, something that uh, I hear every single day because my dad is the high school coach at St. Thomas Academy, and he's, he's been banging on me to come out there and coach the quarterbacks for him. And, you know, I think that I will at some point here. I hope he doesn't see this podcast because I'll never <laughs> hear the end of it. But uh, I think I will get out in, in the high school world and coach. You know, I really love high school sports. I feel like it's the, just the most pure form of sports. Um, you know, I love playing in front of that hometown crowd and got your buddies in the first row cheering for you, too. So, you know, there's something special about high school sports and, you know, the, the, uh, the camaraderie that you have with your buddies you've played with growing up. But, um, you know, right now I've just transitioned into full-time work. Uh, I'm working to become a financial advisor. So I'm a little bit tied up right now, but it's something that I want to be involved with because, you know, I, I don't think I can be too far away from the game. Now you had mentioned uh, just a little while ago about this new movement and this new campaign that you're involved with, with the University of Minnesota Masonic Children's Hospital, which obviously is a spot near and dear to your heart because you spent so much time there yourself. And so you mm-hmm. talked about raising a million dollars to help renovate the ninth floor uh, of the University of Minnesota Masonic Children's Hospital. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved with that uh, fundraiser, but then also tell us how the listeners of this podcast could help get involved with this project as well. Yeah, so... When I finished playing in December, you know, I, I called up, I've done some, some fundraising for the hospital through uh, high school and college because it's been a great place for me. You know, they've, they've saved my life five times. So, you know, it feels, feels like I owe it to, to give back to them. So I've done some fundraising there. And so I have a couple connections over there. And when I finished playing for the Gophers in December, I said, hey, I want to donate a jersey. And I want to donate a jersey to the ninth floor and this is the floor where I did a lot of my chemo treatments and, you know, where I met with my oncologist to get the news for my scans and things like that. So I wanted to hang up one of my jerseys right right when you walk out the elevator. Just as a, a little reminder for kids to, to, to remind them that, you know, whatever kind of news you get from the oncologist or whatever kind of chemo you're going through down this hallway, you know, I've been there before and I was able to live out my dream and you still can too, no matter what happens. And so... You know, the, the people who I talked with about hanging up a jersey, they were like, you know, that's a great idea, but why don't we just raise a million dollars instead? And so I was like, if you guys say so. <laughs> so that was that was a, a talk that we had in January. And now um, we went live in the beginning of uh, June here. And, you know, I think we've raised about $25,000 so far. So we're moving along. Um, we're working with some of the, the local businesses to get some bigger donations coming in. Um, but for any listener out there, you know, you can go to any of my social medias, uh, at KCOB 14 or, you know, any of the Masonic children's social medias and they're running some campaigns for it as well. There's, there's links where you can donate and, you know, there's no, there's no donation that's too small. That's what I'm telling everybody is that, 
you know, every dollar gets us a dollar closer to a million. So anyone out there who can help, would love to have your support. Casey, the last question I'm going to have you, I know it might be kind of personal, um, but, you know, as any viewer who's watching this can see is you have these wristbands along your wrist. And I know from, you know, the stories I've heard on ESPN and things I've read, those mean a lot to you. Can you explain to those uh, listeners out there who can't see it, but also those here who are watching the video, what those bracelets mean and the impact they've had on you? Yeah. So I wear these wristbands, you know, I, I, I never take them off. Um, they, you know, it started when I was a freshman in college. Um, I had a, I had a wristband made for myself when I was going through cancer, uh, in a, as a high schooler. And, you know, I'd started with this purple one. This one was mine right here. And then, you know, when I was in the hospital, it, it was kind of a little thing where you trade wristbands with different kids going through cancer, or you, you'd meet somebody and they'd want to give you a wristband. And so, um, I just started wearing them for every kid that I met in the hospital and I got up to maybe five or six and went down to the big 10 media days and, and got to give a speech there in front of, you know, 18, 1800 people there. And that was when my story really took off and, you know, ESPN covered the story and everything like that. And um, I started having people mail bracelets to our football complex at the U from across the country. So, you know, I wound up with wristbands from California, from, Indiana, from Florida, from all across the country of people who were somehow touched by my story and, and asked if I would wear it in support of them. So I have about 25 that I rotate through. And, um, you know, when someone finishes chemo or finishes their treatment, I usually will take it off and, and put somebody else's on to support them as well through the, their battles.